0: Good morning again. I'm Pastor Bill and um, I'm sitting next to Han in the theater. She said that she found popcorn in the seat beside her, so evidently the theater comes with free snacks. While most, most of us are privileged and we've not suffered the same way that others have suffered in the last 18 months, with the various collective traumas in our culture and in our world, While we've not suffered as much as others have, if we're honest, we know that many of us have lost an inner balance. We've lost track of some things that in the past have kept us anchored and solid. We've lost track of some things that have helped us to live lives of grace and love and beauty and goodness. Anybody here, just raise your hands. Anybody here been in an earthquake? Anybody? Anybody? All right. So not many. So life has felt sort of like an earthquake. If you've been in an earthquake, you know the experience. The ground kind of seems unstable underneath you. If you're in your living room, then the lampshade starts swaying. And then you hear the dishes rattling in the cupboard. But the main thing with an earthquake is in your gut, it just starts moving and twisting around. And you know very deep in your gut that something is not the way that it's supposed to be. And if we're honest, that's part of what we've experienced over these last 18 months for so many reasons. In our guts, we've known that things were not the way they were supposed to be. And we've lost track of some things. And when we find those earthquake times in our lives, and this is a pretty severe one that we've been through, but there will be others. In those earthquake times in our lives, we need something solid. We need something to anchor our lives upon so we don't lose our center. So over this last month here at Cornerstone, we realized that we need to anchor in Jesus Christ. So three weeks ago, I talked about John chapter 1. And we were reminded to that to those who believed in Jesus, they were given the right to live lives anchored as the children of God. And then two weeks ago, Pastor Linda led us to look at Jesus' very first miracle in the Gospel of John at the wedding at Cana, where he turned water to wine. And we were reminded that Jesus has always been in the business of transformation, taking things that are common, taking things that are plain, and transforming them into things of beauty and goodness and quality. And then last week, Pastor Danny, our newest pastor turned father, led us through, yay, led us through a rather extensive experience of changing a poopy diaper. And and he reminded us from John 3.16 that Jesus loves us, even when we're the ones that are making the poop, even when Jesus is the one who has to clean it up, jesus loves us more than an earthly father could possibly love their children and so today we're going to look at john chapter 8 and again we are going to anchor ourselves in jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith pastor linda mentioned that in the gospel of john there are seven miracles that john reports in his gospel interestingly there are also seven I am statements of Christ in the Gospel of John. And every single one of them is worthy of deep reflection and study because they are all life-shaping. But I'd like to read them for you, and we're going to come back to them at the end of the, ser- at the, end of the sermon. So listen to, and just soak in them, don't try to, to dissect them, just hear the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they shall live. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And his seventh I am statement in the Gospel of John is, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, it seems like a crime just to read those because every one of them is worthy of, of focusing on and looking at. But we're actually going to today look at an eighth I am statement of Jesus in the Gospel Of John and this eighth I am statement of Jesus is even more profound than any of those that I just read to you in fact this eighth I am statement of Jesus is the foundation that enables him to make all of those other statements of who he is so let me give you some background for John chapter 8 in John 8 Jesus is in Jerusalem And it's for the Feast of Tabernacles. He went up to the feast halfway through. This is now the third and final year of his ministry, of his public ministry. Six months from what happened in John chapter 8, Jesus will die on the cross. The Feast of Tabernacles was a harvest festival, um, much like uh, what we celebrate in the United States with Thanksgiving. And it also included a festival of lights, which is, we're pretty sure why Jesus prior to the passage that we're going to read today, why Jesus on that particular feast of tabernacles said, I am the light of the world. If you'd been in Jerusalem and around the temple that year when Jesus was speaking what he speaks in John chapter eight, there would have been throngs of people, but in the temple you would have had to move around the piles of stones because King Herod was renovating the temple, and the stonemasons were chipping away at stones because Herod was enlarging it considerably. So, in John chapter 8, and we're not going to read the whole chapter, we're just going to read the last part of it. It is one of the most toxic, um, prejudicial arguments that Jesus ever has to deal with, with his enemies. By the time that Jesus is done, Jesus's enemies are going to call him a racist slur. slur. They're going to call him a bastard because he was born out of wedlock. They're going to judge him and shame him. They will call him a liar, a delusional lunatic, and they're going to call him demon-possessed. There are not any warm fuzzies in John chapter 8. And for Jesus, the gloves come off. And Jesus doesn't hold back. And so let me read you the end of that, um, that long dialogue in John chapter 8. This is how it ends in verses 48 to 59. The Jews answered him Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan, that's the racist slur, and you have a demon, which was about his spiritual or mental well being? Jesus answered. I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, they will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon, Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Wait, what? Right there in the temple, they're going to stone Jesus to death? They're going to lynch him right there? What's going on in this passage? And there's so much to explore here, but we're going to focus on that one verse that was underlined, John eight fifty eight, where Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. You see, all of those other I am statements of Jesus had metaphors. Okay, I am the light, I am the door, I am bread, I am a shepherd, I am way, I am truth. All of them had metaphors. But the eighth I am statement of Jesus in John chapter 8 is a naked I am. It just sits out there. I am. And we're going to see that it is one of the boldest, most audacious, most life transforming statements that Jesus ever made. But we have to understand the significance of I am in the Old Testament. So way back in Exodus chapter three, with Moses, in Exodus three thirteen through 15, God tells Moses, God meets Moses in the burning bush. And God speaks from the burning bush to Moses and says, I want you to go and set my people free from their slavery in Egypt. But Moses had a question for God. So in verse 13 of Exodus chapter 3, Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? So Moses basically wants to know, who do I tell them sent me to free them from slavery? In verse 14, God said to Moses, I am Who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. In Exodus chapter through three, God gave himself the name I am, which means literally eternally self-existing being. The Hebrew word for I am is Yahweh. It is the most sacred name for God in all of the Hebrew language. When God says, my name is Yahweh, when God says, I am, he says, I'm the one who has always existed and always will exist forever and ever without end. And then here, verse 15 of Exodus 3. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Do you see what Jesus did in John 8, 58? And I am statement with the metaphor is one thing. A naked I am is a completely different way of talking. It's a whole different category. Jesus isn't saying that he just knows God or he is like God. In John 8, 58, Jesus is saying, I am God. I am Yahweh. No wonder they picked up stones to put him to death, right there and then. An unmistakable claim of divinity. One commentator writes this, it was an emphatic form of speech, not one that would normally be employed in ordinary speech. Thus to use it was recognizably to adopt the divine style. It is unmistakable. When Jesus asserts his existence before Abraham, there is no other way to understand it. The Jews could interpret it as nothing other than blasphemy. And then another commentator says, no clearer implication of divinity is found in the gospel. And the Jews recognize the implications. The Jews did not misunderstand in the least. They picked up stones to put him to death. Remember all those stones that were sitting around in the temple because Herod was renovating it and the stonemasons had been chipping away at it? They picked up those stones to lynch Jesus there and then on the spot because Jesus unmistakably said, I am Yahweh. I am God. And don't miss the irony. His enemies picked up stones. The builders rejected for the physical temple to put to death. Jesus, who was the cornerstone, the one that the builders rejected in building the true temple of God. So what's the point? As I prepared this message this week, I kept saying, God, what do you want to have? What, what's the point? What do you want to have come out of this passage of scripture? And I sensed from God that he wants us to remember in the very real scenario in which we are in, when many in our culture and many of us are deconstructing our Christianity and we're deconstructing the church and our relationship with the church, just as we're deconstructing our relationship with work and other. In this time period, I sense that God wants us to remember that the Christian faith is anchored nowhere else than in Jesus Christ, who is Yahweh, who is the great I am. The Christian faith is anchored in Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, who upholds the universe, by the word of his power. In all of the earthquakes that have gone on in these last months, and all the foolishness that exists in the church, and all the brokenness inside of us, many of us, if we're honest, we will admit that we have not participated much in any kind of church service online in any way for a long time. And many of us have disconnected from Christian community. Many of us have lost track of any spiritual practices. But God wants us to know that the Christian faith is not anchored in the church. It's not anchored in our spirituality. The Christian faith is anchored in Jesus Christ alone. There are going to be more earthquakes. There just will be. This has probably been a test to prove our faith and to purify our faith. So let's remember in every earthquake to anchor our faith in Jesus Christ, not our spirituality, not the church, not some practice, not some belief, but to anchor our faith in Jesus Christ. Because if we figure out what to do with Jesus, everything else in life will work itself out. So, in conclusion, if you are a seeker, if you're still trying to figure out what to do with Jesus, I pray that today you will trust what Jesus says in John eight fifty eight. If you ask Jesus to be the leader of your life for the rest of your life, then he will sort out everything else that you need to figure out. You don't have to answer all the questions. You don't have to become a good person. Ask Jesus to be the leader of your life for the rest of your life. And he will walk with you and sort everything else out. And if you are a follower of Jesus, no matter how this earthquake may have affected you, if you are a follower of Jesus, even if you stopped talking to God through this period of time, I pray that today you will be confident that Jesus is God and in whatever other earthquakes or situations may ever come into your life, you can always find your anchor in Jesus Christ and all of who Jesus is. I pray today in our following in our hearts, we sing some worship songs together. I pray that if you're a follower of Jesus, you will pray and you will recommit your life to be anchored in Jesus Christ, your Lord And your savior and then god will sort out everything else with you after that so cornerstone church we are starting a new era we don't know what it looks like but something new is starting may we fix our eyes on christ seated at the right hand of glory with the father may we fix our eyes on christ the author and the finisher the fulfiller Of our faith. May we fix our eyes on Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. May we fix our eyes on Christ and rebuild our faith and our lives and our church on the cornerstone foundation that Jesus Christ is the great I am. So, as we end this message, I'd like to have us participate in one more responsive reading. So if you would stand here in the theater and wherever you are participating in the service, I encourage you to stand and join us in this responsive reading. And I encourage you to speak with a loud voice. If you're not quite able to make these affirmations, then maybe if you're still a seeker, maybe you just take some pictures of the next slides. And then you'll know what it is to commit to be a follower of Jesus. So let's express in a strong voice, our trust and confidence in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus, you we are saved, sustained, and renewed. Jesus said, "I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep." Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they shall live. Jesus, we trust you for our resurrection and our life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And finally, Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Jesus, believe, you. Let's repeat that two more times. Jesus, we believe and trust you. Jesus, we believe and trust you. Let us now worship Jesus, the Alpha and Omega.